Hey, good morning, 10 a.m. It's, it's a little different. It's a little fresh. It's a little new, but it's, uh, it's the summer schedule is good. I'm enjoying this. I woke up a little bit. Actually, I woke up at the same time, but I was able to just go a little bit more slowly this morning. And uh, this house was already semi-full before the worship team got up to start. It's just a really good feeling, man. So anyways, happy summer. It's good to have you guys in the house. Uh, Before we jump into the word this morning, uh, let me do two things. Number one, I'd like to reiterate some of the announcements that Lauren gave. Guys, listen, what an incredible opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus for us to love on our community in a very tangible way. So for those of you who are able to either give or serve, I just want to uh, punctuate that and say yes and amen. Let's do our very best to be a part of either or both of those. Uh, The second thing that I want to mention is, actually, I want to pray this. I was driving down Austin Bluffs and drove by my good friend Greg Lindsay's church at Discovery, and there was just some, I pray for his church every time I pass by it. But as I was driving by this morning, something hit me to just cry out for the Lord to touch all of the churches in our city. So I want to ask that you would join me. Um, then I'm going to go into the word here for just a few minutes. It's going to be an abridged message, and I'll tell you why here in a second. But uh, can we pray for the church of Colorado Springs together? And before we do that, I want to mention two churches in particular. So I have a friend of mine, John Serio, who after about 18 years of serving here in Colorado Springs at Springs Journey, how many of you remember when we used to have our ministry crew celebration nights at Springs Journey? So I just found out here recently that John Serio and his wife, April, they're going to be packing up and moving to Oklahoma City to help with the church revitalization project there. I've known John for several years as a senior pastor in the city. And uh, the pastor of Aletheia Church, Manny Pollard, is actually, they're shutting down their doors. And I want to pray for Aletheia, man. That's got to be a huge, huge impact for people who have helped to plant that church and been a part of that church for several years here in our city. So just a couple of handholds for us to pray into. Father, we cry out to you today. We lift up our voices and we pray for the church of Colorado Springs and El Paso County and the Pikes Peak region. And Father, we pray that... Lord, that you would be the God over the church of this city. Yes. Lord, that you would, you would revitalize churches that are struggling today. God, that you would breathe fresh life and that you would breathe fresh strength and fresh hope into the church of our city. Father, we pray that you would fill our churches with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Fill our churches with the life of God and the love of God and the power of God and the strength of God. Father, we pray that every Bible-believing, spirit-filled church in our city would be a place that you could trust, that they would be places, Lord, where the lost could come into and they would experience a family. We pray that every church in the city would be a church where the Holy Spirit is at work, drawing people unto the life of Jesus, the message of the gospel, the Father's heart and the Father's love. Father, we pray that you would heal churches that are broken, Father, we pray that you would um, bring reconciliation where there's strife, that you would bring uh, strength, God, where there's weaknesses. Staff these churches, oh God, with both paid and unpaid leaders that will help build and strengthen the life of the churches in our city. And Father, we pray that you would receive glory. God, I bless my friends at Discovery Church. Lord, we bless our friends right here at Vanguard, Pastor Kelly, Pastor Greg, Pastor Eric Cartier over here at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Lord, I pray you would strengthen the pastors of this city, God. Refresh them, replenish them, and make them beacons of light and hope in Colorado Springs and beyond. 
We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for doing that. Well, I want to give a couple of disclaimers before I jump into today's message. By the way, for those of you who are joining for the first time, welcome. It's so great to have you here with us. What a joy it is to worship God with you. What a joy it is to connect with you. I'd love to meet you after service if time permits for you. But thank you for joining us here at New Life Midtown in our summer schedule that we will take at least up until Labor Day, and then we'll be monitoring whether or not we'll take uh, our service back to two services after that. So today what I want to do is I want to share really just some scriptures that... um, that the Lord's doing some real beautiful and unique things with me and my heart. And uh, I typically, as those of you guys who've been a part of Midtown for a while, you know I, I like to get in there and just preach some things. This isn't going to come out like a, like a hot, fiery preaching sermon. Like, I wish it would. Uh, it's not really going to come out theological or teaching. Um, the way this is hitting me as I'm sitting with this is I feel like it's just very simply an invitation. And I hope that this comes off um, probably more prayerful than anything else. But I want to talk with you here for a few minutes about cultivating our friendship with God. Cultivating our friendship with God. And I want to set that in the backdrop, guys, of, a, of, of a, just a very crazy time in history that we find ourselves in. Um, it seems like, and we've been saying this now for two years, that whatever the issue is, wherever we turn, there's polarization, And some of that is understandable because the issues that we're facing uh, socially, historically, nationally, politically, culturally, these are all issues that matter deeply to all of us on one side of the issue or the other. And truth be told, I think that probably there's a measure of truth on both sides of every issue that we find ourselves caring deeply about. The problem is, amongst many, that if we don't engage these issues full of the heart of God, which only comes from cultivating friendship with God, we'll find ourselves not being beacons of light or hope or truth or justice or peace. We will only find ourselves contributing to greater anger and contributing to greater division within the culture in this hour. Like to, to reiterate this, <clears throat> I also want to say that just kind of living underneath the atmosphere that we're living in, guys, it's draining. It's draining physically, it's draining emotionally, and it's draining spiritually. Yeah. Uh, just yesterday, my, my kids, my two oldest kids were, were cutting grass for a friend of ours. And there was a piece of the lawnmower that had just wiggled off and a knob and a bolt had fallen into the grass. And I wasn't aware of what was going on. My wife and I, we were sharing a little date moment across the street as I was, as I was semi-supervising what was going on. But, but I just noticed that there was, a little bit of, there was a little bit of tension and a little bit of chaos amongst the both of them. So I went over and I drew in a little bit closer. And what I discovered was, is that one of my children was very hurt and offended because the other one was so, the other one was stressed. One was stressed. The other was offended. And so when my son was reaching out to my daughter for help, she was stressed because she lost the bolt and she was afraid of what was going to happen because she had broken this really expensive piece of equipment. And then before you knew it, like there's, like, there's this tension and there's this division amongst their relationship. And I think that's just a small microcosm of what can happen on a larger scale if we're not paying attention, if we're not abiding in the peace 
if we're not living kind of a, a slowed down spirituality, if we're full of internal anxiety because we're picking that up from the external culture around us, before we know it, that's going to start seeping into our relationships. It's going to start seeping into our marriages, our relationship with our children. It's going to seep into uh, our employees, those of us who are business owners. Uh, it's going to start seeping into our students, those of us who are teachers. We'll carry that. We'll carry the atmosphere around us into every place that we go. We're called to be counter-cultural carriers of the peace and the presence of God into every environment. It is possible. It's very challenging in this hour, but it is possible. See, we don't live from the outside in. We live from the inside out. And so the, the, the biggest thing that I want to share today is, guys, like, let's maintain this deep, quiet, slow, undistracted line of intimate friendship with the living God. And let's expect that that will begin to not only transform us, but it will transform everything that we touch. So I want to talk with you about a couple of people in Scripture that, um, that I think modeled this pretty well. So in Psalm 25, verse 14, uh, the, the lectionary text in the Old Testament, we're in ordinary time, takes Psalm 25 and goes through the first 10 verses. And as I was reading beyond those first 10 verses, I began to be fixated with this verse right here in Psalm 25, 14. The scripture says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He confides. Another translation says that the Lord shares his secrets. He shares his, can you imagine? Can you imagine God tapping you on the shoulder and pulling you close and saying, hey, I've, I've got some secrets that I want to share with you. They're not for the general public, right? They're, they're the intimate, deep revelations of my heart, and they're expensive. I think the secrets of the Lord, they're expensive. They're not impossible, but they're costly. They mean something. Like most of us, things that are near and dear to our hearts, we're not just blowing those things out in the street with anybody that we meet. Like we share the deep secrets of our heart, the longings of our heart, the aches of our heart, the desires, the hopes, the dreams of our heart, we share those with people that are closest to us. And, and just imagine this, God is saying, I'm throwing out a blanket invitation that anyone who wants to can draw near enough to me that I'll actually share the secrets of my heart with. Another translation says that the Lord is a friend to those who fear him. That friendship with God rests in those who carry a holy fear of the Lord. And guys, as I just began to think about that and look at that and pray into that, uh, this is the well from which I'm drawing that I want to share about this summer of 2022. Let us, let us dig a deeper well of friendship with God. There's a couple of people in scripture that actually had friendship with God. One of them is a guy by the name of Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, the scripture tells us that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend, as one speaks to a friend. And what I want to do today is I want to whet your appetite that you can have that kind of relationship with God. If we're not careful in a very works-driven society, that it's very easy in the church it's very easy within Christianity. It's very easy in a polarized system to gain a lot of identity by picking one side over the other. 
In fact, that's the kind of the easy way, really. And what we end up doing, a lot of people, when we pick a polarized position, we find all, before we know it, we find that we actually have a group of allies who believe like we do, and we find ourselves having a sense of acceptance. Or we find ourselves working and producing and growing and doing more and doing bigger and doing faster, and it feeds something that's unbroken inside of us. But what I want to posit today is this. Listen, if our ministry is not flowing out of a clean and holy friendship with God, it will get off very quickly. And not only will it get off, it'll end up being destructive and damaging to our own souls and to the people that are around us. If we're not building with the right motive, and that's anything, our businesses, our schools, our classrooms, our production companies, our marriages, our own internal lives with God, if we're not building that with holy and pure motives, we're building it on sinking sand, and it's not going to last. Psalm 103, verse 7, the scripture is still talking about Moses, and it says this. It says that God made known his ways to Moses, but to the people of Israel, he just showed his deeds. He showed his deeds. I want you to think about that. Like, you know, the children of Israel, they're walking through the wilderness, and they need provision. And so God provides. That's his deeds. And they just kind of move from one act of miracle to the next. But then Moses, because he has friendship with God, he's getting into the inner workings of how God thinks, of what God's trying to accomplish with his deeds. Like that God has a wisdom, he has a strategy, he has a desire he has a plan behind all of these miraculous deeds. And I want to move beyond the hand of God. I, I'll say that one more time. I didn't get enough good. I want to move beyond the deeds of God. Yeah. I want to move beyond just answered prayer. I, I want to move beyond uh, external trappings, as wonderful as those are, because I want to get into the heart of what makes our God tick. Yes. I want the secrets of God. There's another man, many of you may know him, a guy by the name of David, and he was known by God himself as a man after God's own heart. In fact, David was the second king of Israel. The first king was a man by the name of Saul, and when God shows up to Saul, he says, listen, I, I gave you an opportunity to lead. He's like, but I'm going to remove you because I found a man after my own heart. Like in every vocation that we find ourselves in, in every season of life that we find ourselves in, listen, what is most important is to retain being a person after God's own heart. It will transform every part of your life. I want to read a couple of Psalms to you, and I want to read these prayerfully, and I want to read these slowly. And, and as I was just sitting in this this week, I just, I kind of envisioned almost a just a devotional reading. And the phrase that came to me was, I want to wash you with the water of the word, right? So if you could engage, I'm going to read three Psalms and they're in almost entirety. And I just want to read these over you prayerfully. The first is Psalm 42. And this is written by a man after God's own heart. And I might, I might pause and say something. I might pause and pray, but I just want to read these over you. Psalm 42, one, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. 
when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? But these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. Lord, when our soul is downcast, God, right now I pray that for any of my brothers and sisters in this room, Lord, any of you who might be joining us for the very first time in person or online, Lord, any of us who find that our soul is downcast, downcast with depression, downcast with anxiety, downcast with frustration. I I thought I'd be at a different place at this point of my journey. Downcast where it seems like we're just running off of fumes and as we look to the horizon, it seems like there's no end in sight. Downcast with frustration. Lord, I pray the words of the psalmist. God, I pray that for those of us who are downcast, that we would remember you. Lord, I pray for a holy remembrance. Lord, I pray that you would jog our memory, that you would remind us of your faithfulness. Remind us of encounters of the past. You've pulled us through. You've met with us. You've been faithful. You've encountered us. You've loved us. You've forgiven us. You've pulled us out. You've put new songs in our mouth, God. Lord, I pray today for a holy, holy remembrance. Verse 7 says, deep calls to deep. Friends, there there is a part of you that can only be satisfied. The deepest parts of who you are can only be satisfied in the deepest parts of God. Last week, I was spending some time with the Lord, and I had the luxury of having just a couple of hours, undisturbed, undistracted, early morning. And there is no substitute for large chunks of time. There's no substitute. Like, I get it. Like, life is fast. Life is furious. Those of us who have young, young babies, like stealing away for large amounts of time, it's difficult. But all that being said, I want to say for intimacy in relationship, whether that relationship's with yourself or a friend or God or a spouse or your children, there's just no substitute for big blocks of undisturbed, undistracted time. Like when we don't give God these big blocks of time, we actually hinder him from doing deep transformative work in our lives. So thankfully I was able to have this time and, and the Lord is just pressing in on some issues. And it seems like no matter how much you get healed, there is always still room for more healing, right? And as the Lord just began to, to lean in and, and press into these things and I was taking inventory of relationships in my life and I found myself kind of slipping into this spiral of really just, just unproductive thinking. And I felt like the Lord interrupted me in that and this is what he said, son, there is no person that is going to satisfy or fulfill the deepest longings of your heart for intimacy. No person, no amount of sexual activity, no amount of um, 
feeling like your love languages are being spoken, your love tank, listen, all that, it's good, there's a place for it, but you could have the human beings around you doing all the right things, and they could be checking off all the boxes, and for you quality time people, you could be spending hours and days with someone. You, you words of affirmation, like someone could be writing you books of words, right? I mean, on and on it goes. But the deepest part of your being will never be satisfied because it can only be satisfied in the heart of the living God. Some of us are restless I just have the sense that some of us, we're, uh, we're on the border of being almost jaded because it's like we've tried it all and we've gone from one spiritual high to the other and we've, we've thrown ourselves in being busy for God. We've thrown ourselves and listen, there is a place that is inside of you that is longing for home yeah. in the heart of God. It will only be satisfied in the deep places of God. And Psalm 42, 7 speaks to that deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 11, why, soul, are you downcast? Why are you so frustrated? Why are you so restless? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Develop friendship with God. Cultivate closeness with God. Build intimacy with God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let me go to a couple other Psalms here. Psalm 63, I'll move quickly. I want to get Jonathan. Jonathan, in fact, you can go ahead and come up here, if you would, and whoever else you're bringing up. I've, I've asked Jonathan to be prepared for, I just called it a love medley. <laughs> There are some songs, and, and a lot of them are older songs, that just help my heart and my soul re-engage with the deep parts of God. So I'm, I'm going to fast forward here because I, I want us to just take about 10, even 15 minutes to just sit with the Lord and allow the roots of our friendship, right, to sprout again. Psalm 63, you God, you are my God. Earnestly, earnestly, I seek you. I, th I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. See, guys, listen. Whatever you may have experienced with, with Christianity, I'm telling you today, the heart of Christianity is a love relationship with the God of the ages. It is all built on an intimate, passionate love. Like you can memorize this thing and you can do all the right things and cut things out of your life and no to this and no to that and you can miss the heart of God. And what we're, what we're like scratching on here, like a guy who's bound up by rules isn't saying, God, I earnestly long for you. They don't say that kind of stuff. They don't say things like, I thirst for you and I faint for you. Like, like, like I'm in a dry and parched land. Like I'm so desirous, God, of intimacy and closeness 
with the living God. That is the heart of Christianity. Let's go to Psalm 84 and and then um, we'll come into this. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns. It even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, verse four, blessed are those who dwell in your house, who make your presence their home, who find their strength and their life and their safety in your presence, God. I love this next phrase, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Guys, today, I, I wanna awaken your hearts to be set on pilgrimage. It is a lifelong, I believe actually, it's an eternal pilgrimage. God, for the, for the rest of eternity, we're gonna be pilgrims exploring the territory of your heart. God, set our hearts on pilgrimage today. Set our hearts on, God, I pray that even for those of us today that are hearing this going, this all sounds so wildly unfamiliar. Lord, I pray that you would extend invitations to every single one of us. Oh, there is a vast terrain. There's a vast terrain. There's a landscape of my love that that I'm inviting you to come and explore. Come, see who I am, see what I'm about. God, I pray, set our hearts on pilgrimage. Look at verse seven. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Verse 10, better is one day in your courts. Better, better. Friends, I'm here to announce to you today that wherever you find yourself longing to be, that when you look back at photo albums and you say, man, it doesn't get much better than that, I wanna just say to you what the psalmist says, better is one day in the intimate presence of the living God who loves you deeply and purely. Better is one day right there than a thousand at the wildest, most beautiful, romantic place of your imagination. One moment in the presence of God will be better than that. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and dwell than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Friends, would you stand with me? And you may want to sit, you may want to, you may want to create a little altar at your chair. You may want to roam the building. You may want to come up here to the front. But I want to pray for you as Jonathan leads us in the worship, then I'll come and transition us out. Oh God. Lord, I pray that in the next few weeks, in the month of July and August and beyond, that you would would lead us to set up some new altars. Reminded that when Abraham was called away from his father's house to follow you, all along the way, he would build an altar where he met with you. Lord, I believe that every one of those altars were places of encounter where he was just catching another, another side of the face of God. And Lord, I would pray today that you would start something in us and that you would continue something in us and you would take us back to previous altars 
and you would point us ahead to future altars and you would build something deep and sweet and innocent right now here in us, God. You would call us to friendship with the living God. Holy Spirit, come. We open our hearts to you.
it's a joy to follow you. It's a joy to obey you. It's a joy to know you. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Amen, amen. You know, as we were worshiping there, I was thinking to myself, the enemy loves to try to bring in condemnation. He loves to come and cause us to question the motivation and the intention and the posture of our heart. And I have found over the course of 21 years of marriage that a lot of times it's just, it's just life has Christian and I just running in different directions. And then we, we hadn't just slowed down enough. And when we don't get time together, we get pretty cranky. It just creates this natural opportunity for friction and tension and division. And so let all condemnation and self-accusation, let it just fall off of you, right? And just draw, draw yourselves again to the heart of God and cultivate friendship with him, amen? If you're joining us online today, we love you, we bless you. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes the part of our digital service. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you till we see you next week, amen. Friends, for the next few minutes here, we're, we're actually going to shut off.